This morning we're continuing to go through uh, what we're calling the summer psalms, select psalms that we're covering this morning. This morning we've come to Psalm number 12. It's a psalm of David. Uh, in my Bible it says it's to be accompanied by an eight-stringed instrument. We don't have any eight-stringed instruments. This okay, I'll just read the words. They'll be on the screen for you to follow along. Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. Neighbors lie to each other, speaking with flattering lips and deceitful hearts. May the Lord cut off their flattering lips and silence their boastful tongues. They say, we will lie to our heart's content. Our lips are our own. Who can stop us? The Lord replies, I have seen violence done to the helpless, and I have heard the groans of the poor. Now I will rise up to rescue them, as they have longed for me to do. The Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. Therefore, Lord, we know you will protect the oppressed, preserving them forever from this lying generation. Even though the wicked strut about, and evil is praised throughout the land. This is the word of God. And just so you know, any of you sitting in the back lounge this morning, our amplifier is not working, so we're going to have to remedy that, but it may be a few weeks. So if you're in the back area about there, I'll try and talk very loud. I thought we might start this morning with a little trivia quiz for you. And I call this quiz the Lion Cheating Quiz. And as the title suggests, the theme has to do with lying and cheating. Thought it'd be a really nice way to start off a Sunday morning message. And so we'll go through this together. I got the first question for you here. They're from varieties of time, so we'll see how you do. In this 1992 movie, Tom Cruise plays Lieutenant Caffey and Jack Nicholson plays Colonel Jessup. The film deals with a military cover-up concerning a soldier's death. Colonel Jessup was on the witness stand as Caffey questioned him, and so Caffey here was going for the truth and not lies. Lieutenant Caffey wanted the truth to come to light for all to see, and this is their little exchange. Jessup says, you want answers? Caffey responds, I think I'm entitled to. Jessup, you want answers? Caffey responds with, I want the truth. Jessup says, you can't handle the truth. What's the name of the movie? Don't shout it out just yet. An officer and a gentleman, a few good men, top, top gun are jag. Think about it. I see lots of smiles. What is the movie? A few good men. Very good. Second one, in this 1975, this 1975 song includes the chorus, You can't hide your lion eyes, and your smile is a thin disguise. I thought by now you'd realize there ain't no way to hide your lion eyes. What group performed this song? The Doobie Brothers, the Beatles, the Eagles, or Aerosmith? The answer? The Eagles. All right, moving on to question number three. In this 2000 movie, Greg Fokker, played by Ben Stiller, had to explain himself after giving his fiancé's father, who was Robert De Niro, the impression that he grew up on a farm when he hadn't. If he had not lied, it would have saved a lot of trouble. 
What's the title of the movie? Meet the Parents, Liar, Liar, Family Ties Are Unhappily Ever After. And the answer is, Meet the Parents. Number four, this 1952 hit titled Your Cheatin' Heart was sung by a country and western star whose life was presented in the mov- 2015 movie I Saw the Light. In the mob, the men of the Bethesda, you better not miss this one because Bob Walters has told us the story behind I Saw the Light. So is it the singer Bo Diddley, Merle Hager, Porter Wagner, or Hank Williams? Guys, Hank Williams, very good. And then our last one, Liar Liar, was a 1997 1997 movie about a lawyer who built his entire career on lying. But this one day he finds himself cursed that he can only speak the truth. Was the lawyer Will Ferrell, played by Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, Jim Carrey, or Ben Stiller? I heard some Jim Carreys. Very good, Jim Carrey. So I got to ask, how many of you got five right? Raise your hand. Quite a few. How many got four? Very good. We won't go beyond that. Good job. <laughs> Rick's back there saying, I got one right. So, movies and mu- music often speak to lying, they speak to cheating, and, and there's a reason for that. And the reason is simple people lie. Organization lies, the media lies, governments lies, and the fact is is that every one of us sitting here this morning or standing in front has lied and will lie again. And if you're sitting there thinking, I don't lie, you just lied to yourself. Lying hurts people. It can be used to oppress people. Lies are used to influence decisions. People lie to us to get us to buy their product. Lies destroy friendships, families, marriages. And with that, let us pray. Father, you are truth. By your very nature, you cannot lie. Your message, your word is true. But we, people, we we lie, and, and it hurts. Some lie about the truth of you, and they'll have to answer for it. And all of us lie. Sometimes we lie to not hurt someone else's feelings. It can be easier to lie instead of telling the truth. And other times we lie to get what we want or maybe just to save face. Father, forgive us. Convict us of our sins. Teach us to repent. Silence the mouths of the liars in our world. Bring your justice. Lord, our trust is in you. You love us, you protect us. Through Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness. Jesus brings us home to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, just a few minutes ago, we read Psalm 12. And as I said, Psalm 12 was written by King David. And this psalm is a prayer to God. It's a a crying out for justice. And it At the end of it, it actually reveals David's confidence in God. And this morning, as we go through this psalm, we're going to break it down into three parts. The first part is verses 1 through 4, and they can be summarized as crying out to God. 
And then second, in verse 5, God responds. He replies. And then third, in verses 6 through 8, David expresses his confidence in God. Alan Ross is a commentator, and he provided an excellent summary of this psalm. Ross wrote this. He said, In the midst of a culture that oppresses the poor with lies, false flattery, and arrogance, the psalmist expresses confidence in the pure word of God, which assures him that the Lord will protect those who look to him for safety. And with that in mind, let's get started. First, David's crying out to God in verses 1 through 4 can be actually be further broken down into two components. First, David is, he's lamenting. David is telling God, he's crying out to God and telling God exactly how bad it is. Verses 1 and 2 state, Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. Neighbors lie to each other, speaking with flattering lips and deceitful hearts. Now, when David here speaks of the faithful, in this particular verse, he is referring to the people who are reliable and trustworthy. We would say you can count on them. And David wrote that they were vanishing from the earth. And sadly, I think those words are still true today. At times when we read or watch the news or are on social media, we might wonder, does anyone speak truth anymore? Does anyone act or speak without some ulterior motive and we can get angry no one wants to be fed lies to promote a particular agenda it's so disappointing lies destroy trust still though we must remember there are, are many reliable trustworthy people and we know them and we thank God for them and yet we also know we have to be careful Technology has made the spread of information so easy and so quick. It also makes it easy for people to put forth their own version of the truth. Now, that being said, though, we must fiercely protect freedom of speech. Without such freedom of speech, our faith could easily be silenced. The fact is, is when we watch the news or read or are on social media, we must be discerning. My younger son, Adam, put it this way. He said, we have to think about the color of Kool-Aid we're drinking. Think about that. The psalmist went on and he wrote that neighbors lie to each other. And what he's see- saying here is that we know people who lie. I- it's part of our sinful behavior. Lying is something that we share in common with everybody. And not only do those neighbors lie, but they speak, David says, with flattering lips. He's saying they speak eloquently. They tell us what we want to hear. They they build us up. And sometimes their intentions are very good, but there are times when those words are simply not true. And many of the lies we hear come from deceitful hearts. And David and us, we want to be delivered away from those lies. We don't want to hear them. We don't want them to influence our thinking. We don't want to live with their consequences. And that brings us to the second component of David's crying out, and that is he asks for justice. He asks the Lord to cut off their flattering lips and to silence their boastful tongues. 
Have you, I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever wanted someone's mouth to simply be shut? Maybe temporarily or per, per, uh, permanently? I see smiles. I see hands going up. Well, in the Stalin house, when our boys were growing up, saying shut up was the equivalent to a four-letter word. Our kids were not supposed to say those words. And Mary and I did our best to set a good example as well. Instead of saying shut up, we would say things like, please be quiet. It was the same message, just with more love and grace. Amber, our church marketing and communications uh, person, has a, a similar philosophy. She doesn't tell her kids to shut up, but when they need to zip it, she simply says to them, bop, bop. Bop, bop, stops the talk. I may have heard that Amber bop, bopped her husband once or twice, too. I'm not sure. The fact is, she's told me to bop, bop it on occasion. And the fact is, I probably deserved it, but I also assure you she was teasing and not being disrespectful. But bop, bop could be the equivalent of asking the Lord to cut off someone's flattering lips and to silence their tongues. David was asking the Lord to cut the liars off, to remove them, to destroy them. Those who spread the lies were not silent. They replied to David. They said, we're going to lie to our heart's content. Who can stop us? Maybe David couldn't bop-bop them, but someone could. And that brings us to the second major point of our psalm. It is God's reply. I thought the slides were off. God's reply actually happened in verse number 5. God spoke to David. He spoke to us. He said, I have seen the violence done to the helpless, and I have heard the groans of the poor. Now I'll rise up to rescue them as they have longed for me to do. See, lies often hurt the poor and the helpless the very most. In the 1990s, I, I made a couple trips to Haiti. And, and in the city of Port-au-Prince down there, there were Borlet booths on every corner. And, and these booths were simply stands where you could buy lottery tickets. And they promised riches to the poor. And the fact is they delivered lies. The, the poor would often buy lotto tickets instead of food because they had this hope of getting rich. And the fact is they didn't get rich. And they stayed hungry. God cares for the poor. He cares for the helpless. And God answers their cries. And it's the same for us. When we cry out to God, God answers. God listened to David. God told David that he saw what these liars were doing. He heard the groans of the poor. And he answered. God said he would rise up to rescue them. God was jumping into action. You know, God doesn't just sit on his throne in heaven doing nothing. God will rescue us from the lies of the world. We talk about this all the time, but we talk about it because we need to be reminded. And what we talk about is this. God loves you. God hears your prayers. And God will answer your prayers. In Psalm 12, God didn't say when he would rescue the people. And in the same way, we don't always know how God is going to answer our prayers, and we don't know when he's going to answer our prayers. But he will answer in his perfect way. Those of you 
who know us know that my wife Mary and I have kind of hit a little rough patch in life. She was in a, a car accident weeks ago, and the guy who ran her actually T-boned her car. That's her car on the screen. Mary's car was totaled. She spent the night in the hospital, and she's still dealing with post-concussion issues. And then several weeks, le weeks later, we had a, a hailstorm in Fenton. Both of our cars were in the driveway because we were getting some work done in the house, and the garage was full. Mary had just gotten a new car to replace the one that was totaled, and my truck was sitting out there, and they had over $15,000 worth of damage. Our roof, gutters, and fascia were damaged to the tune of another $15,000. And we are so thankful for insurance and very hopeful that our rates don't go up and that we get canceled. But if that isn't enough, my dad's health is declining. It's been hard on my mom. There's been a lot of other turmoil in our lives in the last few weeks. It's not really worth sharing. But through it all, God has heard our prayers and he's getting us through it. And I know for a fact there are many of you who have faced or are currently facing much tougher times than Mary and I are experiencing. And it's been incredibly hard on you. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe people are attacking you with their lies. Or there could be a horrific illness or injury in your family. Maybe your finances are not in good shape after COVID. Relationships could be shattered to the point where you're wondering if they've reached the point of no return. And if that's you, I ask you just to, I, I remind you just to cry out to God, to ask for deliverance, to seek justice, and to be confident. Our confidence is in the truth of God's word. And that's the third and final point of Psalm 12. Be confident in God. Be confident in him. The psalmist wrote this, he said, The Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. Now when David's original readers and listeners heard the word pure, it actually had very special meaning to them. They would have thought of being ceremonially clean, without any flaws or without any defects. To be pure is to be undefiled. Psalm 51.10 states, Create in me a pure heart, O God. Jesus said in Matthew 5.8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In, in relation to purity, David spoke of silver being refined in a furnace seven times over. And if you think about it, seven is actually one of those special numbers in the Bible. It's a number of perfection. And he was saying that the fire of the refiner burns off all the impurities of gold or silver or other metal. God's promises are perfectly pure. They're right. They'll never change. David then ended this psalm by writing, Therefore, Lord, we know you will protect the oppressed, preserving them forever from this lying generation. Even though the wicked strut about and evil is praised throughout the land, God will protect the oppressed forever from the lies of any generation. He will preserve them as his own. And he will do the same for us. 
Now, as we close, I, I, I want us to consider kind of a slightly from left field application of this psalm to our lives. David was crying out to God because the godly were fast disappearing. In lies, they were abounding. David was surrounded by evil. There was great pain. The poor were oppressed. And God answered. And by the end of this psalm, David expressed his confidence in God's promises. When the lies being told about you or the lies of this world seem as if they have the ability to crush you, remember to cry out to God. Ask God to bring justice. Know that God hears and that he sees and that he will respond and that Jesus is with us every single day through the Holy Spirit. And that's the very straightforward message of Psalm 12. And yet as I read this psalm and reflected on it this past week, I, I have to tell you, it w I was convicted. It, it spoke to me in a, in a different manner. And what convicted me is this. Far too often, we, you and I, we are the ones spewing forth hurtful words. And maybe some lies as well. Now I have to tell you, I'm guilty. When I'm mad or hurt, or even as I'm trying to seek justice, I can get all fired up and I can lash out. And my feelings may be justified. My words may be, even be truthful and accurate. And yet I know my words should be tempered. They need to be delivered with grace and love. And, and when we've said something hurtful to another person or about another person, the fact is, is we can't take back what we've said. We, can't, we can take responsibility for our words and for our behavior. We should never blame others for the things that we have caused. And so when we do that, and, and, and we do it, maybe not every day, but every so often we do it, but when we do it, we should apologize and apologize quickly. We humbly ask for forgiveness. And then we do our very best to make things right. Damage may have been done. And yet if we're sincere in our apology and the other party is willing Reconciliation is always possible. And that's a lesson that God continues to teach me. I think it's a lesson that we all need to learn and to apply to our lives. And through it all, whether we are on the giving or receiving end of lies or hurtful words, we remember. We remember God hears and answers our cries for help. Through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we are forgiven. God will protect us, and he will preserve us forever.